I'm Julie. Welcome to Mom Made Plans Podcast. This is where we use self-awareness to create practical systems to be more intentional and productive with our time. And we stay humble by remembering God is in control. So today we are continuing our conversation with Nellie Hardin in part two, and we are getting to that topic of building confidence. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode, number 110, go back and listen to that because I feel like it's a really important foundation piece to know how to get out of survival mode and really work through some things there so that you have the capacity to be more intentional and pursue these aspects of like raising confident kids and confidence for yourself too. So today we really dive into, she has a three part strategy, three tiers of building this foundation of confidence. And we really dive into the first step, which is worth And there's so many valuable parenting takeaways and just things for you as mom in today's conversation. So let's go ahead and just soak up all of this wisdom today in our chat with Nellie. Here we go. I always like to be really practical and like, okay, how do we legit do the thing? Like how do we really get them confidence and, and do this? all this work, years of work to build up to be able to witness conversations like that. How do we get there? So I know you have a specific kind of process. Mm-hmm. Would you um, kind of share with us how how we walk through? What are the steps we do to start instilling confidence? Yeah. One of the first things to realize is that confidence, like I said, is the top tier and it has to be, uh, there has to be foundations under it. And so let me give you, I'm a visual person. So let me give you a, a vision here. So on the ground, there is this big cross section. Um, you know, you just think you're at a cross section of roads, right? Um, and there's obviously four quadrants. If you have a cross section, these are going to be the four biggest, um, influences on your child's life. And so one of them is their biology, right? Their body, their brain, their hormones, their endocrine system, all of that. It is a huge part of them. And then the, another uh, quadrant is their psychology, how they think, how they feel, how they decide, how they behave, all of that. Another one is their faith. And in my house, that's a Christian faith. And, um, but understanding there is something bigger than me out there. There is something bigger than today. There is a bigger pull, a bigger purpose, a bigger story than what's happening in my Spanish class at 10 a.m., right? And so understanding that. And the other quadrant is culture. And the, and that is everything that's happening outside of your head, right? Your relationships with other people. There's a home culture. There is a school culture, a town culture, a city, a a country, a world. And all of those influence all of the others. And as a parent, if we are building foundations for our kids and we're saying, okay, I'm going to give you a foundation over here and I'm going to give you a foundation over there. I found I I really look at that as when they go off and they're in adulthood it's like you know living in a lava field and you know the the lava being the temptations and the and the distractions and everything of the world around us and if they're just given 
multiple stepping stones in order to live on for the rest of their life, then they're always in this constant state of anxiety. Like, oh, I got to get over there. That storm's coming, right? There might be a wave of lava coming or all of this, right? There's no rest. There's, and if you can't rest, you can't pursue purpose either. And I truly believe everyone on this, in this world, past, present, future has a very distinct purpose. And they can't pursue that if they're always on high alert anxiety with everything around them. So in the work that we do, we make one big foundation right at that cross section. So when they stand on it, it's not just I'm only looking at my, you know, biology. I'm only looking at psychology or faith or culture. I can see all of them from this perspective. And I am building a strong foundation that I can stand on, lean on, launch from in all of them. And so in that foundation, that is a th- like a three-tiered cake, if you will. And that first tier is worth. And this really starts to assimilate and come together at, in, after the great transition that uh, second half of childhood uh, comes into play. And so the worth, to get into the nuts and bolts of how you can build that, right, um, is their five biggest needs that they have. You and I, everyone listening to this right now, we also have these needs. But during the 6570, because of their biology, that brain development happening and how it's developing, their psychology and the tribal mentalities and trying to wrestle with I am trying to get independence, but ask, actually, I also want to be with mom and dad because that's a safe zone. And this wrestling that's always happening because of culture, because of them trying to discover what their own faith is going to look like, not just riding on the coattails of mom and dad, right? Because of all of that, um, these five needs are electrified. They're magnified. And so as a parent approaching our kid, we really need to take this into consideration. So these five needs that they have are to be seen and to be heard and to be loved and to belong and to have a purpose. Okay. So when we as parents can fill, help fill those needs and even more importantly, teach them how to fill the needs themselves and how to seek them out in the world in a positive way, then we are really establishing that first tier of this foundation. And so what is, what is like a really easy way you could do that? Well, if they come into the room and we're sitting there, right? Actually look up, look at them in their eyes, say their name and ask them a question and actually listen. And it sounds so mundane, but I ask you, it's really hard to do today, right? So when they come into a room and I'm looking at my phone or I'm looking at something or or cooking or doing whatever, but if I can take a pause and look up and say, hey, Lana is one of my daughters. Hey, Lana, how are you? How was that uh, math test that you were working on? Did it go okay? Right? And not a yes, no question. Don't accept fine. I call fine the F word, right? We avoid the the F word, the fine word. And so actually ask a question, listen to the answer and have some back and forth there. So they feel heard. They feel like they're seen, right? Yeah. And I think that I just to say that eye contact is huge because you can do the same thing without that. And you're setting them up to get away with the fine. Like, oh, they're not even really looking at me. So they don't care that much about my answer anyway. So yeah, there is something, 100%. something huge about that. Yes. And in some cultures, 
eye contact is not okay. And I work uh, worldwide. And so I have worked in some cultures where it's not okay. But even in those cultures, and they're, you know, fewer and far between today, but even in those cultures, there's another way to show I respect you. I am listening to you. You are valid to me, right? And so no matter what, there is a way. And in like you're saying, eye contact in our culture is so important. There And it's really hard for kids sometimes to do. So work on that if you find that. One of my uh, one of my kids the other day was talking to an adult and instead of talking to them, she was literally talking to them, but looking out the window that was like three feet off to their left. And so afterwards, not in the moment because we didn't want to, you know, shame or embarrass her or anything like that. But afterwards, like we talked to her about it, how important it is to actually look a person in the eye. It shows I see you, right? Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. Um, and to be heard is another one, right? Actually listen to their ideas. If you are in the car and you are having an AB conversation up in the front, right? Between you and your spouse about where to go to dinner, what have you, right? These are just really everyday examples. And they're like, well, I actually don't shut them down and be like, nope, this is, this is a conversation for us. I don't want to hear you, right? You need to be quiet right now. That just drains their worth right there. It drains their worth. You can say, if you don't want them to talk right then, which is totally understandable, you can say, I want to hear you, but can you hold on a second? I need to finish this conversation with your dad or, you know, with your mom or whatever that is. But show them, I value you, but I need to do this right now and I will get back to you soon, right? Right. Giving that other time where it's not completely dismissive. Yeah. 100%. And then loved, right? That they're actually cherished. They have a safe place to belong in the home. Um, their roles in the home are actually cherished, right? As a big brother, big sister, little si- whatever that is, as a sibling, as a person that lives in the home, taking care of the home. Um, and then purpose, right? That they have something out in front of them that they're looking forward to or that they're working toward. And I mean, I challenge anyone listening to this right now to think any issue, any issue that you've had or that you've observed or heard of with a teen or tween or young adult, what doesn't stem back to these five core needs? It always does. And I've been doing this a long time and I've, I've yet to run into something that didn't come back to seeing, heard, love, belong, and purpose. Yeah, I love that because I'm all about getting to the root of things. And so I love that this really brings it down to the core, like root things that we need to make sure. Because I feel like it's again in that survival mode of, oh, we're just like getting through focus on doing what we need to do. And we're here on this podcast. We're all about being productive and, and planning. And so you're doing the check boxes and a lot of these things can be viewed as interruptions, mm-hmm. but to stop and pause and realize how they're receiving it, making the eye contact, making sure their ideas are heard and just letting them share whatever silly idea or whatever, just letting them feel like it's okay to say it and that they belong and touching on all of those. That's such a key, key, powerful shift. Yeah. And I really had to learn this um, trial by fire because we homeschooled for seven years and my husband and I both work from home. And so all six of us, you know, home all the time. And there was four years of that time. We were living in a 1700 square foot area. 
and with dogs and all the things. And so to be able to, because you mentioned disruptions, there was constant disruptions, but not shut them down, even though instinctually, that's what you want, right? You have Kelgon take me away moments. Anyone that's old enough to understand what that is, right? And, And you're like, I just need some time. And I I wish it's a constant uh, work on in my life. I am not a patient person. And so people say, you homeschooled for seven years, you must be so patient. No, I am not. <laughs> I am not a patient person. So anyone listening out there that's like, I don't know, I thought about it, but I'm not patient. You can do it. I promise. It just takes a lot of inner work. And I'm still on that journey of inner work. Um, but anyway, uh, the, yeah, the distractions, making sure they are validated, they're seen, they're heard. I will come back to you later, but right now, uh, this is what needs to happen. And the trick to that, you guys, is boundaries. Really, really good boundaries. Mm. And just figuring out all of this, it's also like preparing them for if they have this foundation, because we're building this foundation. Right. And so if we're giving them that space and all of these pieces are building to that like epicenter of confidence that as they go out into the world, as they are at school, they have more confidence. Like if they are shut down in other places or their interactions with friends and they're not getting it, they're going to handle it better if they're at least getting that at home and you're like building up these pieces. So I love that it's equipping them to handle the other scenarios where they're not getting it, where it may not be as devastating if we continue to teach these lessons at home. That's so powerful. This is all like you guys need to go back and <laughs> take it all in because there's so many takeaways here. But I just want to pause for a minute and do a quick little recap of just a couple key takeaways. I think we're really, there's a lot, but a couple really important ones. Going back of that shift from doing things for them to doing things with them mm-hmm. was a huge, powerful shift. And then I I like the idea of you were talking about rest and I, I feel like building the confidence brings the ability to rest and the ability to pursue purpose, as you said. So like one of the benefits of creating this foundation and instilling the self-worth and the confidence for you as mom too, <laughs> that when you build your own confidence as a parent and um, just as a person that you have the ability to rest and not be in survival mode and to pursue purpose and intentional parenting in life. And so it's really a full circle piece here. And then a last like quick recap of these five needs that can be, you guys can kind of write these down even and just think about the practical ways to make sure your kids feel seen, heard, loved, that they belong, and they have purpose. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to pull out those like key takeaways you gave for us already and just make sure those hit home for you guys. And just I wanted to give a chance just um as we wrap up, if there's any specifically, no matter what age our kids are, just us as moms being able to, we lead by example. So do you have any just takeaways for us as moms for improving our self-worth and, and absolutely. Um, well, and it, and it ties in with this. So I said that was a three tier, you know, foundation that is worth, which we covered. And then there's mm-hmm. esteem. And on top of that is confidence, but that esteem piece. So esteem really means to trust and appreciate uh, or value and appreciate yourself. And you do that through learning how to trust yourself. And I was a 
woman, you know, I did not have this foundation when I left home and it led me down some worth. uh, I was chasing worth and a lot of the wrong pathways and it led down to some hurt. So as a, as an adult, I had to build this foundation for myself, which is much, 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 much harder, which is why I'm turning around and trying to help uh, families do this for their daughters Mm -hmm. um, and their sons too, but in the 65, 70. And you know that, you know, as, uh, as you're sitting here listening to this, anyone listening that if you've ever had to change a knee jerk reaction from your childhood, it takes a lot of work, right? You got to take a jackhammer to it. It still might be your first instinct. And then you need to say, nope, we, we don't do that anymore. We do this, right? This is where our thought process goes. Um, but anyway, so trusting yourself is what I'm getting at. So, uh, learning how to, uh, value and appreciate yourself will be one of the biggest things that you can do as a parent in order to teach your child how to value and appreciate themselves. They are always, always watching you, even the very smallest things. And whether it even gets registered into their consciousness or not, even in their subconsciousness, everything is being watched. And so if you as a, as a parent can have good boundaries and you can be calm as much as possible, you can apologize and have accountability when needed because we can't be perfect and no one is calling you to be perfect. In fact, it's good if you mess up. It's good if you mess up and then you turn around and say, I messed up. I'm really sorry. This is how I'm going to do better next time. Yeah. Because that teaches them to do the same thing because they are going to mess up too. Exactly. And if we are always trying to be perfect and if we're never, you know, stepping up to have accountability for our own actions, then we can't be upset with them when they're 16 years old and they messed up and they're in denial of it and they won't admit it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, gotta own it. <laughs> yeah. You gotta own it as adults and as kids. So that would be really where I would say as a parent at any age, you can really start working on that value and appreciation of self, which is trust and truth and having that, you know, that accountability for what you did great and what you didn't do so great. Yeah. That's so good. That's a great first step. Okay. Well, there's so much to take in. I feel like we would need like multiple <laughs> episodes to go over all the goodness you have to share. Um, but for today, will you just give us a little quick, um, about your 6570 family project? Just tell us a little bit about that and what you've got going on where people can find you. Sure. Absolutely. I love to keep it simple. So you can find everything on my website, nellyharden.com. Um, and there is a, uh, the, platform is called the 6570 Family Project. Um, I was, before we started recording, I was saying that I call parents architects because we are planning, designing, and building the beginning of someone else's life, which is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's a really big responsibility, very humbling. And so um, I, uh, we have this project as an architect, we have this project and it's the 6570 Family Project because this really is our biggest impact zone. So um we have that. And then we have a, a wonderful complimentary uh, video you can watch, especially if you're raising a daughter between um, the ages of eight to 17. It's called Daughter Decoder. And you can watch that. And then we have our uh, program that um, walks you through how to build this uh, foundation that we talked about today, this worth, esteem and confidence uh, foundation how do I actually do that? What tools do I need? And how do we work together? And because we're in the with you phase, right? So how do we work together in order to make that happen and get her to a self-disciplined leader before she leaves home? 
Perfect. So helpful. And I just want to end us here with just a reminder of the other takeaway here back from the first question of what are you going to do with your 6570? What do you Mm -hmm. want your parenthood journey to look like? And what do you want your kids to take away? So I'm going to leave you with that question today for you guys to think on and then to go through these other steps we talked about. Thank you so much, Nellie, for sharing so much of this helpful insight. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So I left you with considering that question of what you want your 6570 to look like. And obviously we have our kids for a lifetime, but that is the crucial, most influential part of their life that we have. And so to think through that, and I, and I feel like it's really powerful to just kind of go through this lens of how do I help them in this three step process towards confidence? Like, focusing today on that worth piece to just kind of filter everything we do through the lens of do they feel seen, heard, loved, that they belong and they have purpose. Also, just one note of encouragement that I wanted to make sure I brought up is we kind of touched on there at the end, like it's okay to mess up as a mom. And I feel like we have this false expectation that we have to do everything perfectly and never show that we've messed up. And I'm not sure where that entered the picture, but we're not setting our kids up for success there because there's only been one that's perfect and that's Jesus, not us. (laughs) So their real life, they're going to experience times where they mess up and where are they going to learn how to deal with that if they don't see you demonstrate that. So that's just your encouragement today to realize like, it's okay. Like, obviously we want to do our best and not mess up all the time. But when we do, it's important to own that and to show them how we work through that. And I just wanted to make sure you guys understood that today and just felt a little more compassion for yourself and can move forward with a little more confidence for yourself. So go check out Nellie and and more in this foundation of building those three steps of worth, esteem, and confidence. All right. Thanks guys. Till next time.